No, no, Darth Vader hasn't hijacked the plugged-in show. It's still me, I'm afraid, your host, Adam Holtz, back for a conversation about, you guessed it, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Each week, our plugged-in team dives into what's hot in the world of pop culture, entertainment, and technology. And frankly, I'm not sure there's anything hotter in the big picture than Star Wars. And this week, the final, the ninth Star Wars movie lands in theaters. So obviously, it is something that we want to spend time talking about as a team. We're going to tell you what you need to know about its content, but we're also going to work hard to not tell you anything you don't need to know about the, about the plot. So uh, this will be a spoiler-free version that only yeah. spoils what the content is. And we're also going to talk about how and why Star Wars as a whole has exerted such incredible influence in our culture over the last 42 years, which, frankly, uh, is a figure that makes me feel very, very old. Just oh, boy, howdy. That. Yeah. So this is an episode I know that you'll be interested in talking about as well. So please be sure to join us in the conversation by emailing us at team at com. So without further ado, let's dive in. And I am joined today by Plugged In members. Bob Hoos. Paul Acey. Emily Clark. Jonathan McKee. All right. Well, I I woke up early this morning, <laughs> like early this morning, like 3.30, like ready to talk Star Wars. So uh, we're going to talk about Rise of Skywalker and then move into a bigger conversation. But let's get started with Rise of Skywalker. Paul Acey and I had a chance to see the movie yesterday, and we're going to talk about what's going on there, what you need to know, what you don't need to know. So, Paul, can you give us just an overview of the story uh, you know, that's a tall order. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, what do we need to know about this going into it? It's tricky. So I'm going to talk about what you see essentially in the first five, ten minutes. So okay. now, now, first of all, it does take place in space, right? It right. does take okay. place in all space. Right. In the stars. Sure. Long, yeah. And there's long a war. Ago, oh, there's in a, war. a galaxy yeah, okay. far, far Makes away, sense. as okay. a matter of fact. So so what you have, you if you saw the trailers, you are aware that the voice of the evil emperor makes a return. And the evil emperor himself makes a return. Uh, he has some nefarious plans of his own. Because that's what seen. it means to be an, an exactly. evil emperor. If you're an evil emperor, <laughs> you have to have evil plans. Nefarious, right? yeah. And yeah. nefarious. He, for Somehow he has created this gargantuan fleet of star destroyers on his secret Sith planet. Huge. But let's not go too much further. Cause... Nope, that's it. That's it. That's <laughs> all we're going to talk about. Kylo Ren, who has been the big bad, conflicted big bad in the in the two earlier sequels. And brooding, too. Yeah, the, the big last, bad and brooding. Too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's He is conflicted with this information because he likes power all to himself. Right. Yeah, and he's still trying to deal with, with Rey, who's the, the new Jedi figure. She mm-hmm. trained with Luke mm. Skywalker early on, and, and so Rey is sort of finishing up her training a little bit and just trying to plot to figure out how to save the, the galaxy as we know it. Yeah, and, and meanwhile, the, the First Order, which is sort of the, the bad guys from the last movie, they, they're still trying yeah. to do bad things. They're still trying so, to do bad things. So you have good people doing good right. things and bad, bad people, people doing bad things. And that's pretty much the summary of Star Wars as a whole. Yeah. Right? That's there, right. right. That really is Every show. That's really it. <laughs> so is this a movie that, that fans are going to enjoy, do you think? You know, from my perspective, being a long time, you know, you and I grew up with the Star Wars we saga. Did. So it, I think that we qualify as fans. And I think that, that for me, 
the movie was very satisfying emotionally. It, like all Star Wars movies, there are some holes here and there. Um, there are definitely some mm. places where you have to make some logistical leaps. Uh, but, <laughs> but in terms of the emotional resonance of the movie it really worked for me it really worked i thought it was it was powerful the the people who you expect to do great things do great things there's some fantastic set pieces uh the the sorts of moments where you want to stand up in your theater and cheer i think that you've got a few of those and that's kind of nice but the big question is does it nicely wrap up this this epic long series you know, I think it does. And I think that Star Wars, as we're going to talk about, is something that has exerted such amazing influence that in some ways it's a it's an impossible order. I'm not yeah. sure anybody could necessarily do it justice in a way that's going to please all the fans. But for me, I think director J.J. Abrams really stuck the landing this time in a way that I walked out and, I, you know, I took my son with me and he said, well, how many times did you cry? <laughs> and I said, well, I only cried once, and, and my boy is such a tender-hearted little guy, and uh, he's not little now, he's 13, but he said, well, I cried five times. <laughs> the, wow. the implication oh, being that I am emotionally stunted. <laughs> That's right. And that I only cried a fifth as much as he did. Yeah. Um, so I'm a lifelong Star Wars fan, but because you know we do what we do at Plugged In, I think one of the tricks that we have to do is take off our fan hat and put on our plugged in hat because there's still content here that we have to deal with. And in some ways, I think we have what we have always had. We've had lots of really dumb stormtroopers. And it doesn't really matter what color their armor is. It could be red, black, white, blue. They're still dumb. They still can't shoot to save their lives. <laughs> um, and we get lots of them that get shot. We get lots of explosions. You know, there's Star Warsy stuff. Um, but, Paul, were there any surprises in terms of content, do you yeah. think? What we've seen in the latest sequels, I think, is that the content has gotten a little bit grimmer and a little bit harsher than what we remember from the original trilogy. Mm -hmm. um, there's still a lot of violence. You know, the body count for these movies has always been sky high. No pun intended. No pun intended. <laughs> oh. Um, but, but this time, I think that you see it a little bit more viscerally. You see... Um, it, it just feels more painful. You have some more language yeah. uh, than we typically I have. I was surprised by the amount of language. And it's not over the top, but I think yeah. Star Wars has always felt... It's felt like something for kids. In terms of like a PG-13 rated movie, it's still pretty soft. But from what we've come to expect in these Star Wars movies, it's it's a little bit problematic. And then, of course, you've got a gay kiss at the very end yeah. that I think that, that parents who choose to engage with this are just going to have to deal with. And I should say in terms of context, it's in the context of a celebration. Okay, here's your spoiler warning. The good guys win. I think <gasps> that, I think that we can say that and they're happy. And so there are two women that are kissing in a background scene that it actually happens so fast that if you blink, you really would miss it. And there had been a rumor of another character from the animated series, The Clone Wars, possibly making a cameo appearance. So I was scanning the crowd thinking, OK, if this character is going to show up, this is the place for it. And I'm like, oh. Well, that character's not there, but those two women are kissing right now. So it, it really kind of caught me by surprise. Uh, and let me just say right now, sort of as a, a parenthetical, 
This is an issue that we're dealing with in virtually every form of entertainment these days, whether it's movies we love, whether it's kids shows, whether it's television shows. And we're going to be talking in a few weeks about how to deal with the issue of LGBTQ stuff in popular entertainment. So I just want to toss that in to let you know we're going to be talking further about that and really working to help you help your family to navigate that issue in the future. So I wasn't surprised that it was there, but it did kind of catch me off guard a little bit. So anything else that you think people should be aware of? You know, you have to be aware of the force. I don't think that that's anything new, obviously, in this in this series. I think that, that people who have engaged with this are very aware of the force and, and sort of the spiritual implications there. It's still here now. Um, so that's something else you're going to have to deal with as, as a parent. Okay. Well, hopefully that gives you what you need to make a good decision about whether Going to see Rise of Skywalker is, is something that's in the well, cards for your the, family. The good decision is read the review. Well, and that's right. And you can go to the pluggedinshow.com and read Paul's amazing review of the film, which is remarkably well written and somehow manages to avoid telling us anything more than you've told us right here. That is how good I am. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so obviously, Star Wars is a franchise that has had extraordinary cultural influence. I remember being seven years old and going to see Star Wars in the opening scene where Princess Leia's blockade runner is fleeing Darth Vader's Star Destroyer, it absolutely blew my mind. You know, I'm, it's funny. I have that same memory. I know. And you're... What, you're many a, years later. You're a generation back, Padawan, right? No, many, many, <laughs> many years later. I was raised right. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, obviously this is a story that has had incredible resonance across the generation since mm -hmm. it came out in 1977. And even though we're often talking about box office figures, what's the biggest movie, Star Wars, when adjusted for inflation, is the second biggest movie of all time domestically mm -hmm. after Gone with the Wind. So there's nothing you know that really is, is even that close to it. Uh, it debuted on May 25th, 1977, and, and nothing has ever been the same. For me, you know, you, I joke it. In our office, there's two kinds of movies before Star Wars and after Star Wars. Uh, but enough with me blathering on on fun facts. Let's dig a bit deeper into the franchise's cultural influence. So why do you think that Star Wars became the hit that it did? And I'm talking about the original movie, but, but also the franchise as a whole. Well, I want to sort of temper the, uh, the statements that you're making about, about the, the impact of this franchise. Oh, so you're arguing uh, with me I already. Am, I am That's sort of. That's awesome, Bob. Because, you see, you see I, was, I was actually around. I was only like one and a half. But I was, <laughs> I was around when this film first hit the theaters. So I'm the only one old enough to actually have seen it on no, the big I screen. Oh, no, we saw no, it. We saw it. Oh, did you? We're not kids. I, I saw it on the big screen. Oh, yep. When it first came out? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I oh, waited yeah. around the block in the line all the way around the block. We waited and waited and, and after literally hour and a half line and then saw the movie. And Emily, your parents well, cool. probably waited. So we're going to give that as a, <laughs> we're going to give you credit even but if you weren't there. Any, anyway, the point I was trying to make was that when, when we first walked in to see this sort of thing, it wasn't it wasn't a phenomenon. It right. wasn't necessarily this film that we thought. This is going to change everything. It was just sort of a fun, almost goofy in some ways, space adventure that hadn't been done the same way it had been done before. And, and, and in reality, in my opinion anyway, I think the first three films, I remember, I remember we were always sitting on pins and needles waiting for the next episode to come out because we really loved the story. And it was a great story. But it feels to me almost like all the 
subsequent modern versions of Star Wars films have been sort of lukewarm imitations oh, of the first lukewarm first three. Getting. Lukewarm, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of of the <laughs> of of the first three, you know, and because the first three were great, but I, I don't know. I don't I don't know if it really has impacted as well. I, as much I, as you think. You know, my experience was much different, and that was that if there was a way for things to go viral before the Internet, Star Wars went viral. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think anybody on May 25th, 1977, you know, walked in going, this is going to change it all because nobody knew. But literally within weeks, I didn't see it on May 25th. I saw it mid-June. And the reason we saw it is because everybody was talking about it. Nobody was tweeting about it or, or texting about it because there was none they of that. They were sending letters. But literally. <laughs> Telegrams. They were sending Telegrams. carrier pigeons to each other. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> and the buzz was out. And, I mean, I had never seen a line wrap around the theater like Star Wars. And we all waited in line. And as soon as we saw it, we wanted to see it again, and all of a sudden the Star Wars figures came out. We had to have them. My friend got an audio tape of it, and we would listen to it over <laughs> it, and it over an again. No, it was, actually just, it was actually just a little cassette. But, I mean, no, it was, I think, the first film that, for me, as a seven-year-old, it went viral. Mm -hmm. Well, and it continued on even to the second trilogy because um, I remember going to see the – first second thir third episode um i almost said movie but it's not the first second third movie um but i remember going to see it and there were people wrapped around the building so the, and this was what um 20 1999 i think was phantom menace so like maybe 20 to 30 years later somewhere in there and it was still just this huge cultural impact and it wasn't just you know the people who had seen the original trilogy it was people my own age who you know were seven years old or whatever and it, they had just passed on this love of the movies mm. to their children, and it continued. And did you get that from your parents, Emily? That were your parents fans? I mean, was there a generational thing in your family? <laughs> I have no words for that. Yes, um, definitely. I, I think the only reason that I am as obsessed with Star Wars as I am <laughs> is because of watching that original trilogy with my dad, with my mom. Oh. Um, I have a journal from when I was 10 years old where I wrote, you wouldn't think it, but I really want to be a Jedi Knight. <laughs> you know, Aww. and I think what you say about that is really important to the to the power of this this franchise, right? Is that it's become this multi-generational thing that parents can share with their kids. Absolutely. And their kids can ultimately share with their kids. You know, well, I think my sister and um, brother-in-law, like they dress up for every Star Wars movie and they now they take their son. His first baby picture is him in, swaddled in a Jedi <laughs> Night swaddle cloth surrounded by Star Wars plushies. Wow. And I thought I was a super fan. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it's funny, like, even like if you, we happened to go to Disneyland once on May 4th, and you know, and it's all the right. May the, we did May the 4th be yeah. with you. May you the 4th be with you. Get it. And it's, May the 4th. And, and it, right. was, uh, it was kind of fun because our family, it was the exact same way. You know, I was this huge fan. Uh, my brother was a huge fan. So when my kids, uh, literally when, you know, Uncle Tom, my brother would come over, I mean, we would just start talking. And my kids, they got the buzz themselves. And we all waited in line for the films together. And when we were in Disneyland like that, my kids were just 
giddy. They were so excited about all the Star Wars nerdy, you know, stuff. And they were making quotes all day. And it was, it literally is kind of this thing that we have kind of, this love for Star Wars has been passed on. I I don't know. I I sort of think Star Trek was better. And uh, Oh, oh my goodness. What is wrong with you, Boo? Um, Somebody make a note not to invite Hoos to the next podcast, (laughs) please. No, let me. uh, When I think about this franchise, I think that that one of the appeal, getting back to your original question, is really the the characters that are involved. We grew to love the characters, and I think that that's that's a super powerful thing that that you sort of embrace with this this episode. Uh, I think that that one of the things that that as we talk about how we all sort of embrace this thing except for except for bob right um (laughs) we'll pray for you brother yeah yeah i'm i'm a cynical movie critic now you know i watch movies all the time and and as this movie this new movie came out i was interested not necessarily excited but there's something about how all the pieces fit together that is a little bit crazy you sit down you think okay i'm gonna review this movie and then you hear the first chords Right of the soundtrack, and the tears start flowing. Hmm. Well, they didn't flow from okay, me. Okay, they but, didn't from me. But my son, anyway. I do. I did feel like I was eleven years old again. Yeah. So there's something weird about this franchise. I think. Well, and here's the the thing that's interesting. I think we can look at Star Wars as sort of a a happy accident. You know that yeah. that George Lucas managed to to create this story that had such deep multi generational impact. But the reality is he actually dug pretty deeply into a whole bunch of influences when he was crafting the story. And I'm wondering if any of you know much about some of the influences that, that he drew upon when he was originally creating Star Wars. Uh, old Star Trek episodes? Oh, oh my goodness. It? Fail. Seven Samurai, Kurosawa movies. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. So Flash uh, Gordon. Flash Gordon. And of course, you know, The Hero's Journey. The Hero's Journey. Yeah. By Joseph Campbell. So, I mean... Lucas really set out to create a modern myth. It was incredibly ambitious Hmm. what he was attempting to do. And, you know, I can lambast him for failing with the, you know, the second set of movies, which (laughs) I think he had too much power technically and not enough storytelling ability at that point. But but he did it. And to me, what that speaks to, and I think the, the bigger takeaway for us is the power of ideas and the power of the story of how a hero comes to be and what shapes him or her and the story of how our beliefs come into play. He really drew from a wide variety of almost mythological influences Mm. to create a story that I think has had continuing resonance. Well, and I I agree with you. I think think so much of the original appeal were those relationships. I mean, I think you were talking about him lucking into it. I I think he lucked into some great actors Right. Who, who were these unknowns who came together and connected in these wonderful relationships that they put on screen. And I think that's a big part of what works in film these days. And and it and you're right. I think it does sort of stem a lot from some of those early uh, early efforts. Yeah. I I would agree. And I think that that the prequels kind of illustrate that in a way. I mean, some of the some of the creatures that you find in the prequels are really cool. Uh the technology that is on display is is pretty 
amazing, but the relationships didn't work as well. And I think Misa that, Jaja Binks. <laughs> yeah. When no, you're, when you're yeah, dealing no. with <laughs> when you're dealing with story, you're automatically talking about people, and you have to be invested in the people right. in order to be invested in the story. No, I think that's right. And I think as we help our families navigate these stories, the stories that take off and catch fire in popular culture, they do it because they're working on multiple levels. They do it because the story is interesting, because we resonate with the characters, but there are also ideas in here that that we need to unpack. And so what we want to do at Plugged In is continue to help you to think about how are these ideas impacting your family? Even, you know, we've had the force with us so long that it's easy to sort of give it a pass. I'm like, ah, the force. But Lucas drew from Eastern mysticism in shaping his cosmology. And it's important for us, even though we think, ah, I don't need to talk about the force. We actually do need to talk about that with our kids. There are issues here that we have to grapple with. So even Star Wars, as much as I you know, as a fan, adore the trilogy, we've still got to think about it from a perspective of wisdom and discernment. I also think that that we can draw some really fantastic messages from these, and, and it drives home again and again the idea that we are made by the choices we make. Yes. You know, I think that, that you find that again and again, these people are given these powerful, important choices that can be very, very difficult. Uh, when they make the right choices... Good things happen, and I think that you find that over and over and over again in these series. Along with the idea mm. of self-sacrifice. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and facing our fears. That's a big one this time around as well. Yeah. Well, we've come to the end of our discussion today, but we would love to keep this conversation going online. So please leave us some feedback or a review, and send us an email with your thoughts and ideas at team at thepluggedinshow.com. And, of course, you can check out other discussions at The Plugged In Show. And subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Plugging you into the world of pop culture and technology, I'm Adam Holtz for The Plugged In Show. We'll see you next week.